Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist. We are glad that you are here with us, that you have chosen to worship with us today. We want to welcome some very special guests that we have here with us this morning. The Gardner-Webb men's and women's basketball teams are here with us today at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We welcome you guys. We're glad that you're here. Uh, Some of us look forward to sharing a meal with you following our service in our LEC. So we welcome you and we are glad that you are here with us today. We are very glad that you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. Uh, Pray that our hearts and our minds would be prepared to worship our God. Join us as we read together Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the whole world. You have set your glory in the heavens. You have made sure that children and infants praise you. Their praise is a wall that stops the talk of their enemies. I think about the heavens. I think about what your fingers have created. I think about the moon and the stars that you have set in place. What are human beings that you think about them? What is the son of man that you take care of him? You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have placed on them a crown and glory. You have made human beings rule over everything your hands created. You put everything under their control. They rule over flocks and herds and over the wild animals. They rule over the birds in the sky, over the fish in the ocean. They rule over everything that swims in the ocean. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the whole earth. Will you join us in singing hymn 326? Find an insert that is in your bulletin. Remain standing. Find an insert that is in your bulletin. It has, it's a music note, uh, music page. It says, we'll be the hands and we'll be the feet. As we enter into renewal services with Green Bethel Baptist Church this evening, uh, that's at seven o'clock. I hope you will uh, plan on joining us if you can. Love to have you. 
And uh, this will be a song that we'll sing, not only Lindy and I will sing tonight and Monday night at Green Bethel, and then when the praise band comes Tuesday and Wednesday from College Park in our LEC, they'll be leading in this song. But it's based on the scripture, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what, every, by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. There's a lot here and I'm not going to unpack all this right now, but we're going to sing a song. This song helps us to unpack uh, what, we, what I have just read. But following the song, I'm going to ask you, or following the service today, just ask you to take that sheet of paper and just leave it in your pew. Just leave it in the seat there if you don't mind. And these same sheets of paper will be used this evening over at Green Bethel and also on Monday night as well. But uh, it's a new song and uh, I'm up here. She's the real talent. I'm just kind of singing along. Uh, but uh, let's uh, try to learn this new song together this morning. Joined together as we have been designed. Let us grow more deeply into you. Let us spread your light and keep it shining through. Each one of us all around the earth, as a part of the body, as our work, will be the See your work through till it's done. We will be strong, we'll live without fear. Emboldened by your love, we will persevere. We'll stand for truth, injustice will rejoice. We will speak the word for those who have no voice. Each one of us all around the earth as a part of the body as our word. We'll be the hands, we'll be the feet, we'll circulate through the heart where we all love and joined as one grown into Christ we'll see your work through till it's done help us to see that we might find your compassion and grace for all humankind help us to as one community, abiding in your loving unity. Each one of us all around the earth, as a part of the body, as our word, will be the hands, will be the feet, will circulate through the heart. 
seated. We invite our children to come up now. And uh, you guys did a great job on that. Come tonight at seven to Green Bethel and tomorrow night as well. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be here uh, for a time of community renewal services with Green Bethel and with others in our community. And we'll be singing that song each night. So I hope you can join us. I am so glad to see you today. Probably our lesson today is something you probably don't really know very much about yet or maybe you do. How many of you have a special chair or special corner in your house that sometimes you have to go to when you need time out? What do you think, James? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, and Lila, when Lila goes to school and you get ready to go to school, they may not have a time out chair. But they may have little things sometimes that go on the wall, like smiley faces and horses and things like that. And when you do something really good, then you get a sticker. But then when you do something bad, I've heard they say they turn them over so that you know you've done something you're not really supposed to do. Well, in our lesson today, God says, 1 John 3, 4, Everyone who breaks the law, in fact, breaking the law, sometimes God considers as a sin. But you know that Christ came to take away your sins and there is no sin when you're with him. So when we have to sit in our chair sometimes, what happens after we sit there? Who gives you a hug and tells you she loves you? Does mommy do that? Does daddy do that sometimes, Luke? No. Um, Okay, Justin. Need to give him a hug. And then if you're at school and you're there, and Miss Ellen has worms, because that's all she had in her drawer this morning. But see, they have a smiley face, and they even have a sticker on them. So if you're in Miss Ellen's office or somewhere and she gives you a worm, that means you do something good. And then sometimes if you had to turn it over, You know what, when she turns it back over, she's gonna tell you she loves you anyway and give you a big hug. Well, that's what God did. God gave us Jesus so that things that we didn't do right, sort of like a sin when we do things wrong, and then Jesus came, he walked on the earth and we crucified him and he buried him and then he rose again so that we would not have to worry about turning over Miss Ellen's worm or this pretty blue chair over here because God forgives us when you ask him and when you don't. He says, I love you, James and Jude, and I love you, Lila and Luke, and I'll always love you no matter what you do. We know that, don't we? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for our children. They light up our life. They are a gift from you, Lord, and we say thank you. We know, Lord, we do things wrong, 
And sometimes we need to stop and think. But we also know, Lord, that Jesus is there for us and that he forgives our sins as you do, as he is your son. Lord, bless these children, bless their families and that they are here to worship with you. Bless us, Lord, that we have a church and a family that loves us all. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Bowling Springs Baptist is a community-minded church and a big part of our community is Garden Web University. We're honored to have the men's and women's team here today. And at this time, I wanna invite, as I share something else, go ahead and invite Tim and Satara to come up and, and stand and just and join me this morning. They're gonna bring some just very quick greetings. Um, but in light of this, we celebrate with Garden Web not only their athletic accomplishments, but also their academic accomplishments as well. And just this last week, Dr., our own Dr. June Hobbs, and I would, I'll go ahead and claim her, she's here a lot, but Mallory Moore uh, also participated in the uh, Alpha Chi Honor Society or honors, it, it is some type of honor society. It was a national competition out in Portland, Oregon, and they just cleaned house uh, last week. I mean, there's no other way to say it. That's what they did. Uh, but they brought home, uh, I think, some five individual prizes and they brought, brought home the overall collaborative honors uh, prize for a research project. Uh, they won scholarships totaling up to $10,000. And so we just rejoice with them and uh, with uh, the success uh, of this team and, and, um, and with Gardner Webb. And so uh, we're honored, uh, Tim and Satara, to have you with us this morning. The women's team is under a little bit of transition right now. Coach Reeves, who's been here for many years, is um, uh, retiring, I believe. And so we're, Satara, we're glad to have you here. But some of you know because you frequent Garden Webb games and I see you there. And uh, we have become uh, friends and close with uh, these teams. And so Tim and Satara, come and just offer a quick greeting this morning. Well, I'd like to uh, just say thank you for allowing us to be here for the invitation on behalf of the women's staff and the women's team and our men's team. I uh, just want to thank you for the invitation to worship with you here today. Um, it's, another, it's another example of the, the caring community we have here in Boiling Springs. And um, they're going to feed us after the service. And I know our guys are looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> so we, we appreciate, really appreciate the invitation from Keith and the staff and, and from your church family to welcome our, our programs into your, your church here to worship this morning. Um, and, and I want to thank all of you that are, you know, I recognize so many of you uh, that come to our games and, and support our athletic teams and really appreciate that. And we got a lot of Bulldog Club members here in this church and, and Gardner-Webb fans in this church. We just appreciate your support. We need that support and we appreciate uh, the way that you support our athletic programs. And the other thing I would say is, I know this church is actively engaged in praying for our campus, you know, for our leadership, for our students, um, and, and that is really appreciated. I encourage you to continue to do that. And um, God's moving on our campus, and God is moving through our students, through our faculty, through our staff, and um, your prayers are really important to us. So again, thanks for having us here and uh, looking forward to, to seeing some of you after the service. I'm Mike Shy, so I was gonna let uh, Coach Kraft say it, but like you said, to piggyback off of him, thank you for allowing us to be here and worship with everybody. Um, we do see you all at the games as well, and um, like Pastor Keith was saying, we're a little bit in transition, so we don't know what is to come next, but we thank you all, and you know, please continue to support the team no matter what the next steps are. So mm. thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. 
As we continue with our prayer time this morning, I have several things uh, that I need to mention, both uh, some locally and globally. We've been talking about that a lot lately, haven't we, with our missions emphasis? But um, globally, let me say that first. Many of you are aware of recent events in Syria uh, over the last few days, and uh, we have some people that we love and, and very much appreciate and support through our missions givings and our prayers, and that is Don and Janet Pittman. Their daughter Rebecca's here this morning. I know she never likes me to point that out, but sorry, Rebecca. Um, but uh, we, and I say that, Rebecca, because we've talked before the service, and we really need to be in prayer for Don and Janet. Uh, today is Don's birthday. Is that right, Rebecca? So we certainly wish him a happy birthday from Boiling Springs. You can tell him that we, we talked about him in church today. But be in prayer for Don and Janet. Uh, this coming Wednesday is the National Day of Prayer in Turkey. Uh, this commemorates something I believe about 12 years ago when many Christians were martyred for their faith. And uh, we want to remember their great work in Turkey that goes on every day. We pray for it. We think about it. Um, you know, with our missions giving, and hopefully we, it's a part of our daily prayers, but uh, Don and Janet are there day in and day out. They're dealing with refugees. Uh, they're dealing with a church and a country and a community that is in great transition right now and not knowing exactly how their neighbors are going to respond to all the things that are going on right now and all the world's hands that are in their country of Syria right now and the different interests that are there. And so pray for them, pray for their work as you always do, that, that God would provide for their needs, that they would uh, be blessed with fruitful ministries and that God's hand would be upon their work. And so be, please remember Don and Janet Pittman and the country of Turkey. Um, as they um, continue to relate with what's going on there next door in Syria. We have many prayer requests this morning. We want to continue to be in prayer for Jane Stroud, who remains at Duke uh, after a double lung transplant. She continues to have good days and bad days. Uh, overall, the doctors seem to, be, seem to be pleased, but there are many different issues uh, still going on there, and we just want to pray for rest and renewed strength for her and for her body. Roger Webb is in Charlotte Hospital uh, awaiting uh, quadruple bypass surgery this coming Wednesday morning. And so be in prayer for Roger and Marie Webb. Uh, children had to come back from Belize and from California and from all over. And uh, Melvin Lutz and I had a great opportunity to visit with them this last week. And so be in prayer for Roger Webb. Also Ashley Russ, who is uh, in Charlotte and uh, had some minor concerns uh, with uh, little baby Charlotte and uh, is expecting to continue to do well. She, that's the last I've heard is that things are, things are looking good there. But be in prayer for Ashley Russ. And also uh, heard uh, just before the service that Joanne Crowder is at Shelby Hospital, and we want to remember her. We know of others that are um, having surgeries this week, and I haven't talked with them and how much they want me to share about that, so I'll just leave it at that. We have others that were, are having significant surgeries, and so uh, we want to be in prayer for them. And um, I know you will join me in, in these concerns this morning. Let's go to the Lord now in a word of prayer. Almighty God, we're grateful that... Um, you not only forgive us of our sins, but Lord, you desire to live and walk in a close relationship with each of us. Lord, sometimes our unconfessed sin and the ways we choose to go our own way can hinder that walk with you, can hinder that koinonia, that fellowship that we have with you. And Father, we recognize that. So Lord, help us to confess sin. Help us uh, to, to, to do serious business with you this morning if there are things that need to be confessed in our lives so that we may see and hear and respond to the good news that you have for us today. Lord, we pray for these whose names we've mentioned, these struggling in the hospital, awaiting surgery, some recovering from surgery, for Ashley Russ and, and uh, baby Charlotte. Father, we pray for your hand on their lives as well. Lord, we lift up these who are awaiting surgery this coming week, that you would guide the doctor's hands and that, uh, Lord, they would have a quick and speedy recovery. 
Father, we pray for Don and Janet Pittman this morning. Uh, Lord, help us to keep them in our minds uh, each and every day and to pray for them, pray for their work, and to pray for their provision and for fruitful ministries and ultimately uh, for their protection as well, uh, dealing with these uncertain times that we're faced with. Bless uh, uh, Rebecca, she is away from her parents and and just uh, bless that family, Lord, with your peace and presence. God, we lift up our church and we pray for these upcoming services with Green Bethel and others from our community that may attend. Lord, we pray that you would take us as we are and Father, you would do something fresh and something new within your people. God, we confess that um, at times we are not the faithful followers of Christ that you have called us to be. And Lord, help us over these next few days uh, throughout these services and the messages that will be preached. Father, that we may each as individuals and as two bodies of Christ, two churches, come closer together in fellowship with you. That Lord, you would uh, remind us that uh, uh, and, and convict our hearts when we get too concerned about the paths of the world and pursuing the, the things that the world tells us are important, that Lord, we'll recenter our hearts and our minds upon you, upon your love, upon your grace and your mercy, and upon the call that you have given each of us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone we come in contact with. Father, today we commit to you. Teach us, Lord, more how to love you with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, that we may look more like you, that we may represent you as your children in a way that you are pleased with. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn this morning is number 437, How Wide the Love of Christ. As you are uh, turning in that, I would like to share with you from Scripture, from the book of Ephesians. The writer is praying. I pray that, according to the riches of God's glory, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with the power through God's Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now we'll sing hymn number 437. If you would, please stand and join me in singing if you're able.
Creator God, remind us that we best bear the stamp of your image when we give generously. May these gifts share the love and life shown to us in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you, choir. And um, one more thing that I mentioned, failed to mention before my sermon, but Larry McIntyre, we're glad that you're here with us this morning as well. Larry spent a night or two in the hospital this week, and Larry, we're, we're glad you're with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And you may want to, if you have a copy of the Bible, whether it's a, the old-fashioned version of actually, you know, uh, ink on a page, um, well, I'll say old-fashioned. I still like the old-fashioned version myself, but, or whether you have it in your tablet or your phone, but turn to 1 John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 7. And however you read Scripture, I'm just glad you read it, and I would encourage you to do that as much as you can. But 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, 
I'm actually going to back up and read verse 29 of chapter 2, and then I'll be reading uh, 3 through 1, so um, the first verse will not be on your screen. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right has been born of him. And now chapter 3, verse 1. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. And what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. In verse 4, everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was revealed to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. God, may you add your blessing to the reading and to the preaching of your word this morning. Amen. Last Sunday, we introduced uh, a new sermon series called Family Resemblance, and we showed a picture of a few of you uh, in here, and we've got, got some more coming up this morning. But, you know, as, as family members, whether it's your children or your brother's, sister's children or your grandchildren, whoever it is, we take these pictures, we set them on our desk at work. If you have a desk, we put them maybe even in our car, and we put them in our phones so we can easily show someone our family members. We're proud of our family members, and we, um, we show off their pictures. And we talked about the fact that God does that with us as well. If we are truly his children, as the scripture says, then God is excited about you, and he's excited about me. Uh, he, he's on our side. He's in our corner, if you will, and he wants what's best for us. Just like you want what's best for your children, God desires what's best for us as well. And as you look at pictures, you may often hear the words, um, oh, they look so much like, and they'll, you know, grandmother or grandfather or mom or dad or whatever it is. You know, Aiden, I'm sorry, he gets that a lot, you know, whenever he follows me around and whenever we're palling around. It happened last night when we were at Garden Web for a, a play, a drama, and um, it happened last night. But we see that. We see the resemblance, the family resemblance. And so the sermon series, uh, last Sunday, today, and over the next few weeks, is family resemblance. You know, how do we, as Christians, look like God's children? We may be all different uh, skin tones and heights and sizes and personalities and even interests, but yet, nevertheless, there should be something distinguishing, there should be something similar about all of God's children. Well, to help us to kind of move in that direction and to talk about family resemblance a little more, let's show a few pictures again this morning. I think you'll recognize most of the folks in these, these pictures here, but we got the Beeson family. Let me just, which one? We've got Terry and um, Betsy Beeson. This was, Betsy's there in the center behind the, I guess that's a 57 Chevy. And uh, Betsy, this was her 60th birthday, and she told me I could say that, so it's okay. Um, but you've got uh, Matthew and Shelly. I wrote down names just so I wouldn't forget them. Matthew and Shelly. You've got Courtney and Justin, uh, of course, with Braden and Paxton, and you've got Shelly and Chris. And this was a great picture. In my understanding, it was just a wonderful night to celebrate this. And uh, uh, the 60s theme was going on. I saw a lot of great pictures, Betsy, and that looked like a wonderful night. But we certainly see some resemblance there uh, with this family. Let's go to the next one. I think you recognize a few of these. This is a great family photo with Klein and Catherine and their children. You got Jay, I'm not going to mention all the grandkids, but I'll try to get the kids right. You got uh, Jason 
and his, his wife, Amy. You've got Leif. You've got Spencer and Erica. Did I get that right? And you've got uh, Miles and Alyssa. And uh, there'll be a new addition to a family photo here around June 21st. My understanding is with Miles and Alyssa. And the story behind this photo, talking to Catherine, was that uh, they tried to get a time when everybody was clean and available. And the only time that could happen was around 8.30 on a Sunday morning. And so thank you for sharing that with us, Catherine. We really appreciate that. What a wonderful photo. Let's, let's see who else we have here this morning. We've got uh, the matriarch and patriarch here, Reed and Irene Murray, there in the middle. And we've got Irene with us this morning. And Irene, please tell Reed we missed him. But you've got, uh, let me make sure I get this right. You've got Gerald and Sherry on the far right there. They live in Utah. He's been in the service for uh, many years, but is coming back. He's bought a home in Kings Mountain and will be back with us soon. And we're excited about that. And in the middle there, beside uh, Irene, you have the daughter, Sheila. Uh, that's Sheila and her husband, Jim. And then on the far uh, left there, you have Eugene and Beverly. And um, uh, Sheila and Jim live in Washington State. And then Eugene and Beverly live in Cary, North Carolina. And then again, I'm not going into the grandkids there this morning. But uh, a beautiful picture and a wonderful family. And uh, I always enjoy visiting with Reed and Irene and hearing uh, from the kids. And recently, Gerald and Eugene helped me cut some boards for some shelves in my house. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But we certainly see a lot of family resemblance there. Let's see if we've got another one. Oh, yes. I think you recognize this guy. He just spoke to us a few moments ago. But Tim Craft, and around his right arm is his sister and then his parents and his brother there beside his dad and his wife in front of him and then Tim's wife, Jess, over to the far right. And all of the children are shared between Tim and his brother, from what I understand. And so you guys are busy uh, <laughs> keeping, keeping things. Uh, uh, I meant that in a very in a most positive way. <laughs> Um, you guys are um, uh, busy schedules, that's for sure. Keeping up with, keeping up with everybody's uh, uh, soccer practice and basketball practice and all of that. So, okay, all right. Maybe, uh, let me say this, uh, mom and dad are in Florida, and I think that's where, Tim, you're from, your family's from, where, there you are, uh, from Florida, his, his brother and sister around the Atlanta area, is that right? Uh, but this was after the last home game against UNCA and a wonderful last home game on senior night. And so uh, just a great picture. And Tim, thank you for participating in this way in the service with us this morning. And I think we have one more. This is Satara. Satara, thank you uh, for providing this. And with, this is with her mom and with her brother. And Satara uh, has a, a, just a great story. If I can share it quickly, she is, lives, grew up in Cullowee, North Carolina, played at UNC Chapel Hill. I'm assuming that, that, was the, that was the UNC you're talking about, I'm assuming, UNC Chapel Hill, and um, played in Israel for two years professionally after that, and came home, got her master's at, at Western, and then has been at Gardner-Webb since 2015, not only coaching, but teaching in the health and sports medicine department. And so, Satara, thank you for providing that, and what a wonderful, wonderful family photo there. We can see in each of the photos that, that I have shown a family resemblance. It may be some, some little things, it may be big things, but nevertheless, we see some ways that uh, we um, uh, relate uh, with those whom we call family. Um, as we turn our attention to 1 John, which I read, we get a glimpse of God's photo album. What do God's children look like? Like I said, we all have different qualities and characteristics about, but yet there's certain characteristics that should be present within all of God's children. I have had the privilege um, because of experiences I had both in high school 
and when I was a student at Gardner-Webb and then since to go to different countries, to go to different states within our wonderful country, but also to go to different countries. And each of the places where I have gone, whether it was Puerto Rico, Bolivia, Honduras, or recently in Guatemala, I can see distinguishing similarities, distinguishing birthmarks, if you will, or characteristic of God's children. Um, there's something about God's being with God's family. It may be that I don't understand the language fully or I don't understand the culture fully, but nevertheless, you know you're with God's children when you're worshiping in another country. For those of you who have traveled overseas and have done mission work and been involved in, in places of ministry, you know that. And you can give the same testimony as well. There's something special about being with God's people. Uh, we, like I said, we all may look different, we may talk different, we have different cultures, but nevertheless, there's distinguishing characteristics that we all share. Last week in 1 John 1, we see the characteristics of fellowship and how God's people enjoy that, not only with uh, vertically between us and God, but horizontally as well between us and our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we experience that fellowship. That's something that's special. We also experience joy that the world often doesn't experience because our, our circumstances or our faith is not based on our circumstances. If it is, it's a circumstantial faith, which can be very weak and can, you know, our faith, when everything's going good, our faith is up. And when everything's going bad, our faith is down. But nevertheless, our, our faith, uh, as we walk and mature in our relationship with the Lord is not based on our circumstances. And I'm, and I'm thankful to God for that. So in the midst of that, we can have joy whether everything's going our way or not. It doesn't mean we're always happy necessarily. There's a difference between being, uh, having a spirit of joy and always being happy. But I'm grateful that even when I'm going through a difficult time, I can experience God's joy and peace in my life. We also talked about the fact in 1 John chapter one that Christians are honest about themselves. Um, Ellen talked about that this morning. Sometimes children, and to put ourselves in that category as children of God, sometimes we're not too easy to confess where we've messed up. I can say that's been the true, not only when I was a child growing up, it's hard sometimes to say when your parents are asking you, you know, did you do this? The cookies are gone. You know, who took them? Did you, you know, and the parent, mom and dad knows that you took them, that I took them, but they're trying to get us to do what? They're trying to get us to confess. And so one of the characteristics of God's children is that we acknowledge where we've messed up and we begin to move forward from there. And first John chapter one was great in teaching us that. Uh, also, as we walk in the light, we experience a shared life with the rest of the family. We talked about this last week. Sometimes when we break rank with our family, every family has certain family values. And when we go against those family values and break rank, it causes a, a disharmony. It causes a lack of fellowship. And so therefore, um, things aren't as, as good as we would like them to be because we've went against family values. And that also happens in our spiritual lives as well. When we go against the standards that God has set for us, there is a break in fellowship. It's not that God has disowned us. It's just that we need to come clean and we need to confess and we need to begin uh, to renew that relationship with him. But what is true in our earthly family relationships is true in our fellowship with God as well. And we hinder, can often very much hinder that relationship with him. And as a result, we hinder that relationship with other people as well. But in our scripture today, the apostle John, again, the same John who wrote the gospel of John, speaks to Christians as children in the family of God. In verse one, John stands in amazement of God's love. And there's three kinds of love mentioned in first John. Some of you, this is old news and you've heard it your whole life. But the scripture talks about three kinds of love. For those of you who haven't, and hopefully this will be good for you to, to, to know and to learn, but uh, three kinds of love. One is phileo love. It's a brotherly love. You know, the city of uh, brotherly love, Philadelphia. You know, the phileo is a word that's often used in scripture uh, between, again, just this um, 
companionship or, or brotherly type of love. Then we have eros love, uh, where we get our word erotica, but it's, it's more sensual love, romantic love. But then we have the word that we often hear and, and uh, some of you know already, but the word agape. And this is the type of love that John is talking about here that God has for us. This is an unconditional love. This is a love that despite the fact that we miss up, mess up, despite the fact that we don't measure up to God's standards, God loves us despite ourselves. Isn't that good news, church? When we think about ourselves, when we really look honestly at ourselves, the fact that God loves us, he knows everything about us, and yet he chooses to love us anyway. This is uh, an incredible description of this is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Many of you know this scripture as well. If not, I'd encourage you to look it up. Uh, Verses four through six of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not arrogant, it does not boast. Uh, It promotes the other person, it puts the other person first. This is the kind of love that God has for you and for me. Many of you know John 3.16. I would also propose that 1 John 3.16 is a great verse that exemplifies God's agape love for us as well. John writes, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The greater amazement is that God's love is expressed to human beings and that as Christians, we are included in God's family. I think it was probably when I was a student at Gardner-Webb that this verse really hit home to me, the fact that I can be called a child of God. I can't remember who it was that was preaching a sermon or how I heard it at Gardner-Webb, but I'd heard the verse before, but it really sank in when I was a college student, that I'm God's child. And with that comes privileges. With that comes certain access. You know, if you're raised in a royal family in England or wherever it may be, you have certain access, you have certain privileges. And I realize that as God's child, I have access to the throne room of God, that I can come to him as honestly and openly as I can with my concerns, with my frustrations, and that he hears me and that he wants to hear from me. And to me, that is a great privilege and a great to have access to God like that. Here at the beginning of chapter three, he moves from the concept of having fellowship with God, which is what we heard about in chapters one and two, to this familial language. Familial, again, meaning family. Um, And we hear expressions more like, if you look up in the the, the original Greek, the word beget, you know, we hear this a lot in the Old Testament, so-and-so begot so-and-so, and and, you know, we read like three or four pages of this family chronology in the Old Testament. But yet we, we see this word beget mentioning 10 times from the end of chapter two at verse 29 on throughout the rest of 1 John. This teaching of us being called children of God reflects a shift in emphasis and a prominence throughout the remainder of this short epistle. Children of God is mentioned three times in chapter three. We read it twice today and it's mentioned also in verse 10 that we did not read. But what is interesting in this study, in studying this passage, is that John uses the word tekna in talking about children, the Greek word tekna in talking about children, whereas Paul, as he talks about sons of God in his writings and his epistles, uses the word huios, which means son. And so most of you are going, well, what's the difference? Why is this, why is this something to, to, to think about? Paul's word denotes dignity, status, position, or legal relationship. John's word for um, son expresses uh, birth or origin, a oneness of nature, literally born ones. Uh, Paul's word is more in line with the idea of adoption, whereas John's use of the word children is in, more in keeping with the idea of regeneration or of new birth. Both words express important traits or important truths about believers and our relationship with God. 
Whether it's sons of God that Paul talks about or whether it's children of God that John talks about, each of us, each of those expressions can have great things to teach us as children of God. With this said, it is the gift of God that a man becomes a child of God. Amen? By nature, man is the creature of God because he is our creator, but it is by grace that man becomes the child of God. Ephesians 2 Verses eight and nine says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one could boast. I'm grateful that I didn't have to earn my salvation. I'm grateful that I didn't have to do things to appease God and to please him. Uh, But it is by his grace that I have been saved. So coming back to the question, what are some similarities of God's family from today's passage? From 1 John chapter three, what is the family resemblance? Well, let me state the obvious that is here today and in other passages in 1 John. Children of God, first of all, believe in Jesus. Let me just state the obvious. Children of God believe in Jesus. They believe that he died on a cross for their sins and for the sins of the world and that he rose from the grave to defeat sin and to defeat death and that we have not only hope and purpose in this life, but we have hope and purpose for the next as well because of God's love for us through his son, Jesus Christ. So the second characteristic of God's children that we see here is they show that they trust, uh, excuse me, that they, they trust Jesus by obeying his commands and loving others. If we are a true child of God, we're gonna look to God, we're gonna obey his, we're gonna trust in him and we're gonna obey, we're gonna do what he has asked us to do. If you look at verses six and verse nine of what I read earlier from 1 John chapter three, it says, no one who abides in him sins. And the word for sin here in the Greek, I don't know exactly how to describe it other than saying this. It, it means this habitual, this continual uh, lifestyle. It doesn't mean the occasional mess ups, the occasional mistakes that we all make, but it means one who chooses to live a life that is habitually and consistently not that of God. So when he says, no one who abides in him sins, no one who sins has either seen him or known him. And so we see that uh, a child of God is someone who obeys the commands of the father. It should be in our very nature to be righteous. Again, it doesn't mean that we don't slip up, but back in verse 29 and also in verse seven of chapter three, there's something about God's people. It should be in our nature to do what is right. I have seen that as I talked about earlier, as I go to other countries, as I've worshiped in other churches, I may not know the people in the congregation um, in, a, in a very close way, but nevertheless, um, there is something about the group of people that call themselves God's children that are desiring to do what is right. That doesn't mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that you and I are perfect, but nevertheless, there's something there that we desire to live righteously. Another point is that as God's children in God's family, we reflect God in the world. As children in God's family, we reflect God in the world. Have your parents ever said something about representing the family well? I know mine did, uh, especially around family reunions, you know, that don't get together that often. You kind of want to get together and you're like, all right, you, you, you represent us. You know, they'll, they'll say something like that, but something about representing the family well. And then sometimes later in life, we'll hear that you have represented the family well in this and we're proud of you. And, and, um, but God is like that as well. As children in God's family, we reflect God in the world. The idea of, is that our behavior is not just a reflection on us, but it's a reflection on the family. The same is true in our spiritual lives. Our behavior as children of God is not just a reflection on us, 
It's a reflection on Boiling Springs Baptist Church and it's a reflection on the larger kingdom as well. Are we becoming more like God, our heavenly parent? How much do we reflect God and how much has your behavior been similar to that of your parents? And I say this, we've got a video clip this morning that I'm gonna show. Some of you have seen this, maybe as you were watching the NCAA tournament recently or, or other things, but you've seen a commercial from Progressive Insurance that uh, it's a daddyocytosis support group. You know, these, these people that are sitting around the circle talking about the fact that they're becoming more like their dad. And they're evidently, that, that's something that is, is worthy of a support group for this. Uh, but anyway, watch this commercial and we'll, we'll say a word about it. Hi everyone, welcome to our uh, daddyostasis support group. Got some new friends this week. Welcome, good to see you. I'm Rick, I'm the group leader. What we'd like to do here is start with our mantra. We are not our dads. We are not our dads. Jim, why don't we start with you this week? Well, yeah, like uh, most of you, um, we just bought a house. Oh, very nice. And yeah, now I'm turning into my dad. I text in full sentences. I refer to every child as chief. This hat was free. What am I supposed to do, not wear it? Next thing you know, I'm telling strangers defense wins championships. Well, it does. Right? Why is the door open? Are we trying to air condition the whole neighborhood? Heck, now I'm the guy who gets up at five just to tell people I'm up at five. I woke up at four. Oh, Let's not one up. No one wins with a one up, okay? Did you see how he let the dadness overtake him? Uh, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, you know, at least it's not totally hopeless. I bundled home and auto on the internet with Progressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know what a meanie is now. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them are funny. Some, you know, some, are, some of them are, oh. But other ones are funny. Oh. Yeah. I think it's a meme. Is it? I don't think it is. No, I think it's Mimi. Because it's two me's. Spelled me, me. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. I mean, why would I replace this? It's not broken. Works great. <laughs> As he pulls out the antenna on his old cell phone. You know what? Um, I think as God's children, we need to ask ourselves, are we becoming more like him? Are we becoming more like our heavenly father? Are we becoming more like our heavenly parent? Are we reflecting God in our actions? in our words, in the ways that we treat other people. Uh, we laugh about, and we talked about, I think a few weeks ago, about the fact that growing up, there are certain family traits that uh, we try not to carry forth, amen? And then there are other family traits that we want to carry forth. You know, because mom and dad have uh, represented well and have lived a, a good life, there are certain things that we certainly want to carry over. And so the reason for showing just the silly commercial is to say, how, how are we doing in reflecting our heavenly parent? How are we doing it reflecting God in our lives, in the ways that we treat other people? Verse three says, if we are children of God, then we should reflect more of God than we do of the world. Because we are God's children, we look like God. We do not look like the world. Verse three says, purify yourselves, ourselves, just as he is pure. There should be something different, church, about God's people that represent purity and that represent and reflect his image more fully. Verse two, each of God's children should have a God vision to become more and more like God. Paul, Paul talks about this in Colossians three, verses one through 20, uh, well, excuse me, in part of Colossians three, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. How are you reflecting your family, your spiritual family? How are you reflecting God in and through your daily life? I wanna close with a passage that's also in 1 John. We may touch on this in the coming weeks. But one of the, the easiest, way, one of the best ways, and it's often, I said last week, uh, the most difficult way, uh, we talk about it, we know we should do it. Uh, the greatest commandment of all, Jesus said to those trying to question him was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second was like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We hear that, we hear it often in church. But John chapter four, verses seven through 12, gives us a description of what that might look like. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. Church, let me close by asking you this question. Are we, are you, am I a reflection of God? Do other people see God and know that we belong to his family because of the way that we relate with them, the way that we serve, the way that we give? And the way that we sometimes get involved in the mess that is oftentimes love. Because it's always, it's not always easy. And if love is always easy, sometimes I would question if it's really love. Because love gets down in, in there where it, when, 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 when our feelings get hurt and when things get messy. And when, when it's not always easy uh, to respond in loving ways. But yet that is what God has called us to do. Let me ask you church and all present this morning, do we, do you, Know God's love? Have you responded to him? Many of you have done that as a child. Some of you have done that as an adult where you've responded to the good news of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't this morning, the spirit is speaking this morning, leading each of us to walk in closer fellowship with him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We're thankful, Lord, that uh, you call out to us, Lord, when we are not acting like at times much like your children. But Father, you are drawing us to walk in deeper fellowship and closer fellowship with you. So Lord, today we pray that uh, you would convict us and you would lead us into that closer walk with you. Help us to more truly reflect the fact that you are our heavenly parent and that we are your children. Help us to do that, Lord, when it's not easy and when, it's, when it uh, calls for great sacrifice. Give us the strength, Lord, and the courage to stand and to do what's right. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna stand, I invite you to stand, and we're gonna sing a hymn, a closing hymn. It is not in your hymnal. The words will be on your screen, but it's called the love of God. We're singing the first and the third verse 
of what is one of my favorite hymns, I have to say. The third verse is so incredibly powerful. If you are here today and you desire to talk with me or to pray at the altar or to maybe um, uh, make some decision, I would love to talk with you more about what it means to follow Christ today. And I would encourage you to come as we sing. If you are here today and desire membership in the church, I would also encourage you to come and we can talk more about that together. But let's stand and sing the love of God. I encourage you to speak to the, our guests this morning before you leave, and not only our guests from Garden Web, but maybe a couple others that you haven't spoken to before you uh, head out the door this morning. I want to remind the teams that we do have lunch for you guys in the LEC, and uh, you can follow uh, these doors here by the organ out that way, and there'll be others that will lead you in there. But we're glad, again, that you're here today. Um, let me remind you that tonight starts our spiritual renewal services with Green Bethel Baptist. Those will be at 7 o'clock. My hope and prayer is, for those of you who've been keeping up with weather, is that the bad stuff will be out of here by then. But it sounds like we're about to get hit pretty hard this afternoon, and so I hope and pray that all of you are safe and stay dry uh, and can join us uh, again this evening at 7 o'clock. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for your presence here with us today. I thank you for the words that have been spoken. Father, your word as it was read and preached today. Father, teach us how to represent you well as children of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.